Welcome to the Girl Gang Podcast, your weekly dose of friendship, real business advice, and no bullshit guaranteed. I'm your host, Amanda Smith, the no bullshit business coach and CEO and founder of Dallas Girl Gang. I'm glad you're here. We want to invite you to join our Patreon platform. If you listen to another podcast, you know that Patreon is a platform where creators and podcast hosts can bring their community together and you guys can literally support the show. Literally help us keep the lights on at the Girl Gang Podcast. Okay, guys, welcome to the Girl Gang Podcast. My name is Amanda Smith. You you know me. Um, if you've been listening for a while, today I have my friend and colleague on Mane Bailey. We have so much to talk about. Um, she is an agency owner. She's an immigrant. She's a badass bitch. She's a mom. Like, and always wheeling and dealing. We were joking before we started recording. Like, we everyone's busy, right? But we're always communicating. We we've worked together on projects. We're currently working on projects together, and we're just always busy. Like something's either on fire or like something's going on. Um, but so excited to have you. Welcome to the Girl Gang Podcast. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm super excited to meet you today. And yeah. by the way, most of the emails that you're getting are not even from me. That's from Yeah, me. I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's from Whitney or someone. Um, so excited to jump in. So, you know, in the new format of this podcast, I'm not going to spend a ton of time on where were you born and blah, blah, blah. But I think I would be remiss if we did not address like your upbringing and then immigrating, Im- immigrating, coming to America. Just <laughs> fuck me. Never mind. Anyway, so tell us your a little bit of your background and coming you know, to the States several years ago. So- um, I'm originally from Armenia. That's what I've been born, raised, lived my whole life, had my first two degrees and whatnot. Um, that's where I went to my first corporate job and quit it in a year, <laughs> the year after. <laughs> and that was the last time that I have been to any nine to five. And that was, well, I lied. I did go for eight months here in San Diego, like in the beginning, but that was it. Yeah. Um. But the way that it worked for me is that I have been going from one thing to another until I found what worked for me. I went, my first education is in public administration, then um, organizational psychology. I was doing HR consulting. And then I kind of took the dream of my life. I uh, started singing and I have been performing with a live band for like 10 years I got to the voice in my country. I got to the semifinals there. I had the blast of my life. Um, All meanwhile, I was still doing consulting on the side, but it has never been like in a front line. Um, I've lived in five countries. And then five years ago, I uh, made the decision to marry the best man that I have ever met in my entire life. And because he was in the military and he was in the US, I had to... Be where he was. Is he from the U.S.? Yes, he okay. is. So, so you've been here. here for five, six years. Five, five will years. be in three months. Oh, in, this, this June, this July or something. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and I forget about the whole music background. And I don't know if you know this about me. That's my background. I w- no way. I Yeah. So I 
have a degree in music education. That I, That's what I taught when I was a teacher was Oh music. my God. Mm-hmm. And so my principal when studying was voice and then secondary was like piano and guitar. I picked up a guitar when I was 10, did the whole like church worship leadership thing, wrote songs as a angsty teen, like the whole thing. And uh, it's still a p- huge part of, of who I am, but not a lot of people know that. And um, I think I'm just going to start like, I don't know. It's terrible. That I don't know. know about us, though. Isn't that crazy? That's, I know. They know everything nowadays. Like, how can I not yeah. know that? Much? I mean, I would, especially like high school and college, I played so many like coffee shop shows of like my own original music and or like, you know, cover cover songs. And like, no one knows that. Wow. Isn't that wild? Anyway. Tell it to the world. Tell you too. Um, I've been on stage for a very long time, but I have been singing cover music for the yeah. whole period of time. Um, this, it was supposed to be ne- last year, but the world was in a disarray, yeah. so it really didn't happen. But yeah. I'm hoping that next year I'm going to have my first album presented, which is going to be just for me, That's you know, for, so awesome. dedicated to my daughter. Because uh, when when I gave birth, I was like, I'm going to sing again. <laughs> I'm going to find myself. Uh, That's so exciting and so fun. And I think we were talking about this before we started recording, but we forget like when, especially when you start a business, like you're doing what you have to do to keep this thing going and growing and afloat. And then you forget a lot of things that like, wait, why am I doing this? Or what do I like to do? Like when people ask me like, what are your hobbies? I was like, uh, did I have I a hobby before? I don't think I, <laughs> I, I I used to. I used to have a hobby for sure. Um, and it's just so I did it. So funny, really. Music yeah. and business have been the two major parts of my life, and yeah. it's never been different. Yeah. This is my safe space. This is the yeah. place where I come when I'm in a bad mood. When I have a disagreement with my husband, this is where I come. Where I'm in a bad mood because the world is collapsing. This is where <laughs> I come and find myself. When I'm in a great mood, and my daughter just started walking, my first oh. thought is, "Oh my God, how does that like?" translate to the business a song yeah or yeah when i'm in my phone it's busy it's it that's what fuels me up in a five minutes or so you're gonna feel like how my tone of my voice starting to be very angry and very loud <laughs> because i get super excited no. every time i talk about business at some point i'm like i'm an armenian like i wear very like exp- expressive expressive yeah yeah so i'm like you can see my hands moving you can see yeah. my facial expressions happening it's just like <laughs> And my voice tone is going to change. But I, I think what we're missing sometimes, to your point, is first that uh, we talk about like, quit your nine to five, go do your thing. This is great. A, it's not for everybody. No. Business is not for everybody. If you don't like the journey, if you don't enjoy building, failing, having the process, leaving the, if that's not what you're enjoying, this is not for you. Go, and this is not for my mom this is not for my grandfather they want stability the hardships and the challenges that the entrepreneurship journey brings to the table is not discussed as much right now because we're all like glorifying this vision of entrepreneurship online where you can make 
five figures a month and you're happy and like you're living your best life in Dominican. But at the same time, it's true. That's what we see every day. And we have this feeling like, oh my God, this is it. But when I was here and I already had my business in the beginning, when I just moved, I already had the business, but it was making enough, but it wasn't making good. <laughs> so yeah. I was like, I'm, I'm going back to work. So I go, went to like a, a job that pays like $15, $16 an hour or whatnot. I would work from seven to four over there. And then I would go back home and I would start working on my business until my business made five to $6,000 for four or five months in a row. Yep. When I knew for sure that even if this goes down, it comes up, I will be fine. I did not quit. Yep. And this is coming from a person like me that has never had an experience with the nine to five. Not really. Yeah. I have like, I have had maybe like a year or two of work in nine to five yeah. in general. And that was the worst, miserable, like terrible time. Yeah. But I went to that job with the idea of like, this is going to help me build this. Yeah. It's a so means to an end and focus on the, the final goal. And we forget to and talk about the sacrifices that we need to make to get there. The time that you sacrifice from your family, the time that you, for you, forgetting your hobby, you know, like you forget your hobbies, you forget this, you forget that. You don't talk to your family as often. You might not have a lot of time to go to the gym and take care of yourself or whatnot. It's important to prioritize that. But at the same time, when you're in a building mode, none of that makes sense. None of that is important. You know what I mean? Yes. So, so here's where, like, I let's let's park it right here for a second because I have a lot of thoughts on this and a lot of feelings on this. We, you, and I both love to work. We love it, and I think that's what. <laughs> if you guys are watching this on on YouTube or whatever, you just saw the face she made. She's like, "I do." <laughs> um, but here's where maybe I have some different opinions, so I kind of want to get into this. I had a season and I've talked about this before. Uh, for me, it was 2019 where I was teaching full time, seven to four, same schedule you were kind of talking about. And then I was going home, working my job, or I would go straight to like a co-working space or straight to a coffee shop where I could like focus. And, you know, my husband wasn't there, my dog would, and I wasn't going to like want to just sit and watch TV with them or something. Uh, and I did neglect my physical health, my mental health, um, was not checking in on friends, was not really intentional with friendships. I think I definitely let family things kind of go by the wayside. And I was, that was 2019 was an exponential growth year for me. But I regret letting some of those things go. Because I've found moving forward, you can build and grow and still not obliterate your relationships or put yourself, your mental health and your physical health in the toilet. Like I'm paying for it now in various ways. And I've finally found a balance is not the right word because it doesn't exist, but I finally found a combination of therapy and here's how I can incorporate exercise. Here's where I know I'm going to invest in my relationships and friendships 
And so that's just kind of where, where I've found myself. I personally don't like to buy into the idea of like, there's this, there are several months ago, there was this TikTok sound that was like, um, something, something about this, this girl was like, uh, I don't have time for friends. I'm making money. I don't have time for my family. I'm making money. I'm building a business. And I, that actually kind of triggers me. I don't think that that's like, aren't you building a business and a life so that you can spend more time with your family so that you can build a lifestyle? So I want to hear your thoughts. I think everybody should be building the business that serves their vision of a lifestyle that they want yeah. to have. With this being said, I have made a conscious decision to give myself five to seven years of pulling, putting every single effort and minute and everything into business yeah. to build something that is going to sustain me moving forward. Long-term. So I am not thinking of this like this is going to be my lifestyle forever. This is not. I, I will still this. be working. I will I will never stop working. Um, I will be still, you know, I will be very nosy about my team team members' work and I will still <laughs> be like pushing everybody and I will still be here. But what I realized is that every person needs to understand what they can actually com- contribute to the business that they are building. I have a client that I adore all my clients and I love her the most, but Mm -hmm. uh, she has a very, she prioritizes her family um, over business any day of the week, any time. And that's okay. But you cannot expect, realistically, you cannot expect the same outcome that someone like me who's putting things on a back burner to focus on the business and putting more time, more effort, more energy, more focus into business, you can't expect to have, and more money into the business, by the way, too. Yeah, let's talk about that. You can't be expecting to make the same um, impact or build the same type of business or have the same kind of revenue when your time and effort is not focused on your business and it's prioritizing and that's not bad. That's, that's, you know, there is no good and bad way of doing, there's no one size fits all. This is business. Like everybody does their own thing, yeah. especially as like businesses of one. Yeah. When you're a service provider, you would be, it's, it's an easy thing. Like you just go with like, okay, this is the lifestyle that I want to do. And this is what I'm willing to compromise for it. I realized she does not want to compromise the time that she can spend with her husband to be able to focus on her business. And that's good. That's fine. You have 10 hours. Let's build a business that will revolve around those 10 hours and we can maximize those 10 hours as much as we can. But don't compare yourself to me. Don't right. compare yourself you have different goals. to your other single friends that are making six figures a year because they are doing TikToks and Reels and they have a lot of things that they can, they they work. They have more time that they can spend working with their clients than you do. So I I think the we need to understand that what we pour into it is what's coming going to come out. I am building... Um, I, I think I did mention this before, but like, I don't have one business. I have four of them right now. And there, there are going to be at least two more streams of income that are going to be built 
And then the way it's growing right now, it's, I need four more years. I need four more years of me focusing on this. From that point on, now that then I'm going to leave the life. Like then I don't have to come to be on every single meeting. But right now, if I'm trying to build something sustainable, I need to put the business plan behind it, the business plan that is not just for three months, that is not just for your next 90 days or your next quarter or your next year, the business plan that is revolving around the huge vision that you have for your brand and for your business, if that's where you go. I have that idea of what I want and I have planned it ahead five years. So I know which year I'm going to be focusing on what. And then it's broken down and I know what I need to sacrifice for it. And this is also like for everybody that is married, there is a conversation that you guys need to have with a partner. You need to be both invested in this. It is not just your time you're sex sacrificing. Sexifying, I just said. Sexifying. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's not just your personal time that you're sacrificing. It's your relationship that needs to be strong enough to to endure all of the changes that are happening. And I'm not saying do not spend time with your husband. I'm not saying don't check on your friends. I'm just saying that uh, my husband is extremely understanding. When I have to work one day until 1 a.m., I just need to tell him, hey, this is one of those days. That's all I need to do. He's in this with me. At the same time, when uh, when he comes and he's like, hey, I'm having a crappy day and I need you today. Or, hey, I've been missing you and I need to spend some time with you. F the work. Like, I don't care. Everything can be on hold. You know, or like, hey, give me 15 minutes. I'm going to get everybody to do my job and then I can go with you. But I'm building sustainability. I'm building systems, I'm building teams, I'm building processes, I'm building the product suite that is going to help grow the business the way that I envision it to grow. Um, this was a very long conversation about what I'm planning on doing, but I think okay. it's important to understand that it's not, the sacrifices will need to happen if you're trying to build something big. And it's up to you to decide how small that sacrifice is or how big. Or how big. And is I think- is it your time? Yeah. Is it your relationship? Because you can pay somebody to take care of your social media creating and you don't have to, you know, invest as much time into that. You're saving, you're buying out your time, but it's still a sacrifice of something. Yep. There's a lot of this that people don't talk about. And, and to your point earlier of how especially on TikTok, Instagram, people are over-glorifying the entrepreneur lifestyle and making it look so luxurious and so attractive. But this is the shit people have to make decisions on. And so for you, because it, and I, I'm of the philosophy if my client wants to make $1,000 a month to contribute to their life and their family, I'm here for it. If my client wants to make a million dollars in sales this year, I'm here for it. I could give two shits what you want to 
do and how much you want to make. I'm here to help you, like you said, capitalize on what your choices are and the time that you have. My question to you is what does that actually look like for you? Like as a mom, as a a wife and a daughter or a sister or whatever, like, I mean, you had a kid and I think there's so many different like feelings or philosophies of like spending more time with your kids and being home or being a stay-at-home mom or being a, you know, for me, I will probably never go back to a regular job in my opinion but I also don't want to be a complete stay-at-home mom. I will be a work-at-home mom. And, you know, I I can see myself in the future when we have kids battling with guilt and all those things. I know, and I know to your point about the, the your husband and spouse or significant other relationships, we had to have very intentional conversations of, you know, several years ago of like, hey, this is where I think this is going and this is what I want to do. How do you feel about that? Where can we come to an understanding? And you do have to have a partner that is down for that, right? So what does that actually look like for you? So uh, it took me a long while. I'm not going to say that like with all the like decade of experience in consulting, when it came to my business, it was a struggle especially with the pregnancy, because Mm. at that time I did not have um, a solid team. I just had like one or two people with me. And my agency, Ivy Entertains, has been very aggressively growing at that period of time. So there was, and I had a, a, a problem, like I was a control freak. I didn't want to lose control over my business. I didn't want to delegate or give more information that I had to. It was a scary period of time because you're thinking like, oh my God, I'm losing this thing. Um, so it took me a lot of work with my own self to come to terms. Um, there was a period of time when I, I literally, I was, I have photos of that. I will send it to you, but I was, <laughs> I was uh, in labor at the hospital in my phone, having a conference with my client in Singapore. It was terrible, but the, it, it was, it was, it was very eye-opening. That's when things changed because I needed to be at that place where like, you really need the break. Yeah. You have it. You know what I mean? So the moment that that happened, as soon as I had my baby, um, I um, started hiring. We had a lot of changes last year, like, the year 2019, December, we were like a team of three um, at the end of 2020. No. Yeah. At the end of 2021, we were like a team of 13, I think. So it was within a span of a year from 2020 to 2021, we grew from three to 13 because I realized that I needed to invest more into freeing up my time to be able to focus in, not only to focus on my kid, but also to focus on the business and give the business the justice that it deserves. Because I was having like delays in communication. I would have, there is a lot that, and the problem of like this, this belief that like you're losing control 
can affect your business and you can break it in a second. And I see a lot of entrepreneurs have it, especially the people that are like businesses of one, they built something on their own and now it's time to scale it and they're scared to give the power to somebody else. What if they take my idea? What if they take my client? What if they don't do their job the right way? This is still my name on the line and things like that. So um, that was what I went through but I was miserable for like a period of like two months when I was trying to find key people in my business. And this was right after like postpartum? No, this was oh. actually last year, January. Okay. Because okay. I was thinking if all that was happening postpartum, like no. how did you survive? I had a great pregnancy. I oh, had an amazing so pregnancy. Good. I had a great delivery, although I oh delivered gosh. like almost two weeks late, but I, I, I was... I had, everything was great. My daughter slept through the night. I had Holy to wake shit. her up to be able to feed her. Like, you're so me, lucky. I had it all, like, she was all in it. And I also taught myself that we live in this, we're, we're past the gray suits and the high heels, closed doors, whisper behind our backs. Like, we're past that. There's a new era of entrepreneurship that is coming with women normalizing being human and being in business at the same time. When, when you realize that the amount of work that I do per day, that's when my guilt was like, I'm not guilty. What, what do you mean I'm guilty? I make sure that I have enough time with my daughter. My daughter is a part of my, I don't know if we ever had a call together, but she jumps here. She sits right on my desk and she has a conversation with people. She has her own thing of like writing on my stuff. She has her own toys. She has her own things that is right here. You don't see it, but it's right here. Yeah, yeah. Where she just does that. She she was a part of so many conversations. I even breastfed on on a, a oh, negotiation. Oh yeah, I've had deal. clients do that. Yeah, yeah. At a negotiation with a huge client that I'm still very upset that we didn't lend, but that's all right. We had a call, and and she just ran and took my boob out and like ta da. <laughs> And I was like, um, you know, I like, I was so frazzled because that was my first time. And I was like, I'm so sorry. I'm going to like turn my video off or whatever. They were like, you're fine. The world is Especially if it's other women too. Yeah. I I think with us coming to this place, with us coming to business, we're showing what we want. We're building this new era of entrepreneurship and we dictate the rules. Yeah. So no, no, no. For me. thank you very much. <laughs> um, it makes me think of, have you seen the new LinkedIn commercials? No. LinkedIn is really stepping up their game with commercials because especially with all that's happened the last couple of years they're in this commercial, it's showing like a mom with her kid and they're just like in like really casual clothes at home on a call or on an interview or, you know, a stay at home dad, like very non-traditional things you don't see portrayed and it's I was it gave me like goosebumps I was like yeah yeah this is this is what we need to see um I think also it's very important to know what your mission is I am my whole point of starting MBN Co specifically was to it's, it's first and foremost it's a dedication to my mom she's a single mom so this whole business is for her 
but it's also like it was specifically for me to empower women because the the reason behind this whole I want to empower women is because I want to build a world where my daughter can see different women achieving different things and they're content with that and they're happy with that life and she will learn from them. Um, I'm not building your business. I'm building her world. Hmm. That's what that's what pushes me. So when we talk about like, do I feel, um, as you said, like, you know, you think you're going to feel guilty. You will not. If your mission is somehow connected to what your, what your kid's world is going to become, you will never feel guilty because you're building it for them. And I'm, and I still have like every single night, I'm the person who puts her to bed. That's my time with her. Every single morning before 9am, it's still my time with her. We still take her out. We still, you know, it's not like I'm neglecting my relationship with my baby. I'm That's what I want people to hear. Into the business. And I think, let's put it in perspective. If we were, or let's just say, if you were a working mom that went to an office, nine to five, still very similar, you know? Yeah. And plus when she goes to school, to start kindergarten, she's not going to be with you eight hours a day anyway. So I think there's this weird thing that if you are a woman that has a child that works from home for some, I'm just playing devil's advocate here. Some people see, oh, you get to work from home. You should, you should have, don't you have all the time in the world? Uh Oh, she's making a face y'all. Don't you have all the time in the world? Right. Or even if you don't have kids, people are like, Oh, you get to work from home. You get to, well, if I was working a corporate work from home job, yeah, maybe lots of flexibility. But when you are working from home and you're a business owner, the reality is, and I'm being very honest here. and And I talk a lot about finding um, margin in your life. But the reality is your brain is almost 24 seven working on your business. So I, and I've had this thing the last few weeks where, first of all, I'm turning 30 this year and physical ailments are approaching me. I threw out, anyway, I've had a back spasm and I'm currently in physical therapy for my back. It's so ridiculous. Oh I'm not God. even 30. Anyway. And so a, a couple of weeks ago, it was really bad. And so in the middle of the night, I was kind of uncomfortable. I was like rolling over and then my allergies have been so bad and I'm sneezing and I'm like, I can't go back to sleep. And it's almost like when my brain shuts down during sleep and I wake back up, it's processed all of this other stuff. And then all of these other creative ideas, things come out and I'm just on my phone writing notes on notes on notes. So that is the reality of a business owner, an entrepreneur of any kind. If you are trying to build something for a long term, make a living and build some kind of big, small, whatever wealth with your business and with your family and life, it's kind of nonstop. Well, hear me out though. I think this kind of ties up to choose your own path conversation I have people that are making enough and that's all they want to make. 
Absolutely. And they don't have the problem of thinking about their business 24 seven because they are, they are in a place where they're content that they're comfortable. I have people that are looking in their business as the, as a side gig. I have people who are looking at their side business as like, this is going to change my life. I have people like me who are like, I am going to put my, the next 10 years of my life is for me to hustle, 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 hustle. And then I'm going to be building and then I'm going to be reaping the, the fruits of my labor. Every person has a different way of approaching to business. My ideal way of doing business or treating my business is not yours. I have a client that not only she does not think about her business 24-7, as she should be, by the way, <laughs> but, but she's also like, she's more, she wants big things, but she is more like, you know, but let's take it slow. We'll and get that's there. fine. And that's great. And I think my vision of entrepreneurship and theirs is not the same. That's fine. But the only thing that I'm going to say is wherever you go, whichever type of business that you're building, there are a few things that need to happen. First and foremost, you need a plan. Just getting popular with reels and starting a business. It's a fluke. Yeah, it can work it's for not going to last. And then it's going to go. You still need to have a plan where you're taking this whole thing. Second, the plan isn't enough. You need to show up and execute it. I have been posting about this the whole last week because I had a similar issue where you work very hard and you come up with this amazing business plan that serves every single point of what she was she had in mind. And then... You're sitting there expecting like, now the plan is coming to work. And then she says, oh, screw the plan. I'm going to go and copy Amanda's style. I'm going to go and copy Amanda's power product suite. No, no. Anyways. And, <laughs> and then the third that I think that, you know, you have the plan, you show up and you, you do the plan. There is a lot of work on mindset that needs to happen, which is, you know, understanding what is putting you, setting you back on achieving different things, including this whole, you know, Amanda, let's copy Amanda stuff kind of thing. And, and then with the mindset, if everything is in place, the continuous education is the fourth one. Because you can have, you can hire me today and what I'm teaching you today can be quite different from what I'm going to teach you a year later because I grow and I let you grow because the world is evolving, especially right now. Like we had, like changes would happen every decade. Now they're happening every hour and we are all in this kind of um, let's run and get it mode. And I think that with this, um, I think women, especially like it's very important. It's crucial to make sure that you're investing in your education. Just the fact that you went from a teacher to a business owner right now, that doesn't mean that that's the highest potential that you have tomorrow in a month, in three years, the information that you're giving to your clients right now, or the information that you're operating based on, like when you're providing a service or whatnot, is going to be outdated. And yeah, it's like science. Science, people do research all the time 
24-7 so that they can share their new findings so that we can improve our lives and change. And those things are ever changing. Just like I use this as an example because my husband and I talk about this all the time. Um, back in, and, I, and I'm not quoting these studies correctly, but back in the 40s, 50s, 60s, they did all these studies about saturated fat and blah, blah, blah. And everybody, it was the fad thing to just go low fat in your diet. Well, a lot of those low fat products had other additive shit of sugar or random chemicals that ended up building fat in your body. And so there are good fats that we need and there are like bad vegetable oils and canola oil and all of that other garbage and processed carbohydrates that now we have new information. So people now saying like, oh, steak is bad for you or avocados are have too many, too much fat. Well, screw that. That's not that that information is old information, right? So anyway, I, I love that. Okay. I have I as sometimes when I when I'm interviewing Okay, give me a second. I'm gonna <laughs> okay, give me a second. Sometimes when I'm interviewing someone, I, I have next thoughts and I, and I write it down. Um I think sometimes, number one, we can be building our business like you were saying, um, of someone like copying someone or working so hard with old information. It's like we're on an elliptical machine and like you're working a sweat up, you're getting your heart rate up, but like distance wise, you ain't going nowhere. Like you are staying stationary. And that's kind of what I picture. Um, But second thing I was thinking about is I see and I have experienced and kind of right now I'm playing with this to scale our businesses. I think there is a lack of information in the public space unless you're paying big, big bucks for uh, some coach or some mastermind or whatever, of how to actually scale without A, killing yourself, or scale to where you want to go, first of all. And people go in this cycle of, okay, I need to do XYZ to increase my services, get more clients, sell more digital products, whatever, or sell physical products if that's your thing. So I need to outsource more which means spending more money. (laughs) Then they put more time into it and maybe get a little farther and they're still spending a hefty amount on their outsourcing. And then it doesn't really go like they want. So what was your experience when you were ready to outsource? Because not everybody has the experience of, wow, I have way too many clients. I can't take on everyone. I need to hire more people. And then you hire more people and you can take on more clients and your then your profit margins keep increasing. Not everybody has that luxury, right? They're still trying to like, you know, maybe things have been up and down because of COVID. That's definitely a huge thing in, in our, especially the online space. What would you say, what was your experience because it, it's risky to be like, okay, I'm going to hire this next person for $800 a month or $2,000 a month or whatever. And then that's money you don't get to pocket or save or things like that. All right. So 
every person would have a different thing. I want to say first, before getting into anything, that as I said, like there is no one size fits all. Yeah. What works for Amanda does not work for me. Yeah. What works for, you know, that's very important to acknowledge. We're not building the same businesses. Right. I think to your point, there is a lack of information, but not only lack of information around scaling, but lack of information, period, that would be tailored to people yes. rather than, rather than, because you can, so blah, 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 blah. you can, <laughs> sorry, that happens to me a lot, but like okay. you can teach people soft skill, you can teach people information, you can give people education, but you can't, unless you're in a space of like consulting them on their one-to-one, on their own thing, knowing all the details and doing your own research and everything else, they, you cannot give a personalized attention to a business. You cannot give them advice that is based on their situation. You know what I mean? Like you can teach people like, you know, this is how you do your business expenses, but it's still as a tax accountant, you go and say, Amanda, for the type of business that you have, these are the deductions that you can take. So it's very important to know that there is this like a lack of personalization with so many businesses trying to scale. They go into courses, they go into group programs because that's how they are able to kind of like scale from working one-on-one into the group kind one of One to many. And what from one to many and being able to spend the same amount of time, but earn more money for the time that they're spending. Right. Good for them. But I think there has to be also an accountability. This is a completely different topic, but I will say this now, but there has to be an accountability for those people who are doing a group program to promote it in a way that people understand that none of that information is actually tailored to them. It is, I, I don't want to say general information, but it's a generic information. It's not something you can find maybe on like Google when you're searching for it. It still comes from the experience. It still comes from like Specialty, knowing more yeah. into in, in of the industry, but it's still not for you. It's unless, for all of you. Unless that you're in the group program and you also have one-on-one Com- component to it. With Absolutely. that person taking the information, applying it tailored to the individual, you know, they're a photographer. This is how all these things could work. Let's try these. Absolutely. Anyway. Um, so the scaling part, you need to understand first and foremost, how you can scale it and what products or services are within your vision for your brand. Um, going into group coaching or going into um, a course, going into a template, going into a digital product is not the only solution out there. There are millions of things that you can do. So um, first and foremost, assessing what really fits the vision, the bigger vision that you have for your brand. That's going to be the first point. And then I will go back again to the same thing. Plan is what you need to have. You don't go into it blind because you just want that you need to understand what your return on investment is. And when I say you're returning on investment, it does not have to be money. It can, it can be the time. It can be the um, peace of mind. I did not outsource anything. I hired people in the team. 
that's how I built mine. Because I wanted to, because I know that I will not find a person that is 100% perfect for the job Mm -hmm. because the way that I work is not the way that they have been used to working with other people. So talk about what you mean. You said you didn't outsource, but you hired in the team. Tell, Tell us what you mean by that. So I did not give a social media manager that has multiple clients. I did not hire a social media manager to do there my we go. social media. There we go. I hired a social media manager to work inside of my organization as a team member, part-time, full-time, depending. But it's not um, – so there is a – outsource meaning that person is not a part of your team. They just provide a service. In in-house is when you have somebody that is a part of your general team. So when we have team meetings, we have everybody in board on board. When we're planning our next year, we have the whole team together. When we're working on, okay, our client came up with X, Y, and Z, all the people are involved in that conversation. So um, I think that that's another thing that you need to understand because with having people in-house, there is a bigger for me, the reason why I decided to go that route, I'll just go there, is that I there is nobody that is 100% perfect for me. Nobody. Right. I need to give you how to work with me. I need to teach you and mold you into the place where I will be more comfortable letting go. I have learned it. I understand it. That might not be the perfect solution, but that's just where we're at. Okay. So for me, if I'm investing so much time and effort into teaching, into building, into adjusting, into making sure that you and I work together and we stick Mm -hmm. together the way that we do, I want the loyalty that comes with it. I want to know that tomorrow your price doesn't change because you are- you know, because you just decided. I want to know, and not don't get me wrong, we have like six months, every six months we have evaluations, we do change some things. It's sure. not like we're stagnant on the same price, but the price isn't, you're you're not on an hourly rate. You are right. not on a, like, well, if she asks me to do this, you're a part of the team. The only thing that I have outsourced so far within my business has been, I have an OBM that I absolutely adore. And she has a tech person with her. But even my OBM, I had a long, long conversation. I've had her for a year now. We're celebrating a year anniversary this month. And with her, she knows we're not going anywhere. We're not like, this is not a short-term solution. This is not anything. We will build upon each other, but I'm staying. Yeah. We had that conversation of like, listen, if you're planning on scaling your business to the place where you cannot afford working with me at this capacity, please let me know. Let's have a conversation. Something is, I really want to have that. Um. Oh, this is a long thing. Oh my god. No. Okay. Keep going. <laughs> the hiring part, because it's it's super important. Being able to onboard people and teach them your ways. When you worked at as a teacher. You had specific hours of operation. You have specific things that were happening. So you're taught doing things a little bit differently. Let's say you and I work together. I have a thing. I don't care what time it is. I will be messaging you. Now, granted, I don't expect you to be messaging me back in midnight. But I want you to be comfortable knowing that I might be messaging you at night. You know what I mean? In a, in a traditional nine to five, 
you don't expect your boss to be messaging you at midnight. Like, what the hell? But they would. Would they? Girl, not not in my country. <laughs> Try to message a woman at midnight and you're her boss. <laughs> oh, uh, we can right. definitely talk about that later. <laughs> <laughs> but there are things that the way that I do work is just different. I curse. Some people don't. I like to, like, the first thing that I do on any of the interviews, um, this is a team of creatives. This is a team of crazy people. And I'm the craziest one of them. I can be loud. I can be cursing. I will hate on our clients sometimes when I'm annoyed with something. I need to make sure that work confidentiality is super important for me. I need you to know that I'm going to invest a lot of work and effort into building you the way that I think we should be going. I don't mind investing in your education, even though some of my people are contractors and they're not employees, they still get benefits with working with my organization. We get courses for them. We get additional this year in December, uh, January, December, I don't know where it was. We did a thing. It's called, um, oh God, um, Strengths and Leadership. Oh yeah, Clifton. Yeah. Yes. So we did this whole strengths finder yes, thingy for the whole team. Then we had a discussion understanding what do we bring to the table and how to work with us effectively. Um, so I'm building a team. That's where I went. I think the return on investment for me is not only the piece of peace of mind where I can I can go on a cruise with my husband for a week and not even check any messages. And I know things are going smoothly now, but it took me forever to get here. Okay. Sure. Um, But not only that is happening, but I also know that the work ethics, the way that people show up for each other, the way that they can work together, but not only the return on investment is the time, the return on investment is the final vision. It contributes to what I'm building. This people, um, I have Whitney, you know Whitney. Everybody, please go say hi to Whitney if you, you know, hear, hear this one time <laughs> or the other. Her email address is Whitney at IvyEntertains.com. Please tell her hi, Whitney. <laughs> we love you all. <laughs> oh, Lord. But I got Whitney when she was still in school. She was looking for an internship. She wasn't looking for a job at all. She was trying to find something for free to go and do internship with someone. I made an offer. I said, I'm not going to have you as an intern. I'm going to have you as my EA. This means we're a tandem. If you have plans that in a year you're going to leave me, fuck you. That's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to be working together. And she was like, I can come with you. Like I'm on the road with you right now. This girl not only is de- being developed, she's not going to be my EA. That's not the vision for her. Yeah. I love that. Team development is important for, for scaling in general. Let's say first on identifying where you're scaling so that it can fit the overall business goals and the strategy that you have behind mm-hmm. it. Second would be identifying the team members and hiring very rigorously. Keep in mind, you're going to fail at least three times before you got to get it right. It's fine. People screw up. Shit happens. 
minutes. Mm-hmm. Move forward. You're fine. <laughs> and then third is going to be pouring into your people and making sure you're developing them. Again, look at the vision. Where do they fit in the long term? Um, and then I think the return on investment, understanding what the return on your investment is, be that the peace of mind, be that the time, be that the knowledge that they're bringing that you don't have. Because, you know, you we might know everything. Few, you might have had a few reels that are taken off. But if you hire a social media manager with the right skill set, they might know a thing or two more than you do. Yeah, okay. I want them to. Thank you very much. <laughs> exactly. I want them to. I do. Because <laughs> uh, that's another thing about me and being a control freak, but we'll talk about that later. <laughs> but um, if you have all those components in place, the rest is okay because you know if you're paying $1,000, what are you getting back for that? Are you getting back? If you're getting back both their knowledge and your free time and option to build a better team for the moving forward, and it fits within your budget and your plan for the annual, for your annual uh, plan, you're good. You're a solid. And even then though, sometimes we need to take risks. If you're building something. So Yeah. If people I'm sorry, are, I can talk like forever about business. So I please, did. if you feel like I'm going <laughs> overboard, please interrupt me because I can nope. like talk about this like for hours and hours nope. and hours, and then you're gonna be like, "Oh my god, you no, that no, this is the point of this episode." And as a podcast or an interviewer, I want to listen more than I'm talking. So I'm I'm okay. good. I will. We will wrap up when we need to wrap up. But my next question is, so I love these tangible examples. Okay. If you're paying $1,000 a month, what are you getting? How do I think the entrepreneur space right now is the only option people see is to just hire other contractors, other people that have their own business and have their own clients. And they're like, where do I find someone I can pay a rate that I'm comfortable with or a um, monthly part-time, you know, number that I have budgeted for or that I think is appropriate for the position. I think people are like, do I just go post in a Facebook group? Do I put my job on LinkedIn? Do I put it on, you know? Um, it depends on the position you're hiring. Yeah. If you're hiring anything, social media or whatnot, uh, like, People that you would see a lot of them being on Facebook groups, sure. But don't go into VA groups, please, because it's a nightmare over there. It, you will get bombed with so <laughs> many people. Especially if you're looking for an admin or social media management. Every person who has ever used Canva thinks that they can do social media. So Yeah. Yeah. Don't, don't try that. Yeah. But um, if you're hiring somebody for – it depends what – industry you're in as well sure. if you're in a social media like it's very important for you to know that people that are with you know the type of business that you're in um for most of my businesses for most of my businesses i would hire linkedin i would go to i, I would post on indeed and i would ask yeah. for referrals that's going to be my main thing ask for referrals who have you worked with before um that i can look into it and I know that it is more investment to hire somebody in-house 
And it's also more responsibility that comes with it because there is a, you can't just be paying them like, oh, just do four hours today. Like that's not how it works. Yeah. There is a responsibility of making a certain amount to be able to accommodate that. Um, I think it's just a lot of details that go into it. There's yeah. a the plan that you need to come up with needs to have your financial stability, understanding how much you can actually afford to lose per month, because there might be a learning curve. There might be a time when you're investing more than you're getting back in terms of finances. How much of that can you afford to do? Yeah. Um, the, there were months when we, we still were great, but we were like the profit that I was getting, um, excluding my salary, but like the business profit that we were getting wasn't as high as we usually had. Right now we're paying almost $20,000 in the, just the overhead for people. And it, some of them contractors, some of them not, some of them part-time, some of them full-time, but um, it's a lot of money that you need to come up with. And I wouldn't recommend anybody doing it unless you have proof that your business is doing well enough that you can make sure that this happens regularly, every single month, no questions asked. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, or you're ready to lose the money or that because it what it can be a time when you're I had that mm-hmm. I hired my first VA four years ago when I was scrambling because I didn't have time. Yeah, and I hired somebody to do like a copy pasting thing for me. She has she's still with me, by the way. And it wasn't as expensive because it was a few hundred dollars because she's in Philippines. It wasn't really as expensive. Because also because the work wasn't high level, uh, high level, um, but that and sometimes it would happen that instead of me taking home one thousand dollars, I would take home five hundred dollars. Yeah, and like she would get half of what I was making at that time. You know what I mean? Yeah, and that's I still the, have to pay that's the real else. stuff that that people and and this is kind of maybe one of the the last things we can talk about is again the glorification of entrepreneurism and people like the the most toxic shit that's been going around the last couple of years of like six figure business owner, seven figure business owner, uh, 10K months and blah, 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 blah. Or I had a $50,000 cash month and it's like, fuck you. No one cares. I want to know what are you spending? What does your life look like? What does your time look like? And does that align with me? I don't want to be sold to by you telling me how much money you make. Because that doesn't work anymore. That's one of those things that we've seen that people used really fancy or sleazy marketing or paid ads, pulled in a shit ton of people, did not deliver on the product, and did not help people. Like you said, some group programs not customized to the person. They saw a little bit of growth, and then now they're still stuck. And some of those people are coming to me or you or whoever and being like, hey, I already invested in this coach, you know, last year, two years ago, and I'm shit out of luck. And so I know. So, I mean, we don't have to go down the drama of that road. We can. I'm here for it. But for you, 
you know, and I'm going to assume, so correct me if I'm wrong, you, you don't have to spill the tea on like your financial report from the last year, but I'm assuming you are, and your goal is if you haven't already hit it, is like a million dollars or more in annual revenue, something to that effect. That is very, and again, that's very different than what other people want to achieve. Totally fine. And I, but I think when people see people marketing with like, yeah, I made $400,000 last year. They hear, oh my God, they have $400,000 in their bank account. Fuck no. No, they don't. They may have paid themselves a fourth or a tenth of that. Like you have no idea. Yeah. You know, there's a lot that goes into the financing. I think that people sometimes mix the um, idea of revenue versus net income. And that's where, and that's the part of not having decent business education and just stumbling upon entrepreneurship. That's what happens when people, and there is no shame in that. Like a lot of people, you don't have to have like a business degree to be able no. to get into that. But if I can need, do the work and learn, okay? You need foundations. You need some business 101 stuff. Exactly. Exactly. Where you understand what your expenses are, what your margins are. Is it even worth it for you? Because you can have a client that pays you $10,000 and then you spend the whole $9,880 on other stuff that you don't have to, you know what I mean? Like it's just, it's very important to know your finances and also understand the difference between verbiage that is used around entrepreneurship and business. I'm going to, I just kind of like came to my mind. I'm going to create like a glossary for entrepreneurs one day. Like I just, it just like, ta-da. Okay, but um, I, the what I would say is that I I own one five figure business, two six figure businesses, and one seven figure business. I am extremely proud of myself, and if in any conversation, if I can just say that I'm a seven figure entrepreneur, I will absolutely do because I build this shit from scratch. And you're proud of it four years. And fuck everybody. Like I, <laughs> this is this is the proud moment for me. I need the celebration, okay? Because people in my, um, and I want this also to like come across that like in my country, people don't make that kind of money. Yeah. Now, granted, the money that we make there gives us much better life. Goes farther. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but but those numbers aren't in place. So it's a big deal for me. It's a big deal for me. It's a big deal for my family. It's a big deal for my grandparents. And yeah. for that's what meant. So if I can mention it, I will. No, you are not going to build that. No, this didn't happen overnight. This didn't happen. Bec- this happened through, as I said, millions of sacrifices, conversations with my husband, missed dinners and late nights and all that stuff and working while I was in labor. So do would I change it? Absolutely not, because it still builds the future for my business and for my family that I envision. So no. But anyways, now when it comes to talking about finances in this seven figure business thing. Yeah. Um I want to make sure that mm, Okay, I got sidetracked. I'm going to need your help. Can yes. You- so I just want to get to, and you don't, again, you don't have to tell us you're like, how much money do you take home? But oh. I think people need to see some reality of, because a lot of times we hear the studies too of like, oh, business owners don't make a profit for the first X dollar, X years, which can happen also 
isn't always true. This is a long thing about this, but I will just say this. I get paid in two different ways from my businesses. One is I get paid a flat salary for the position of the CEO and the business strategist in MBN Code that I'm taking over. So I get paid a flat fee as a salary that is being taxed, that is like a W-2 and everything yep, else. Yep. And then sometimes when I need to, I would take distributions out of my bank account. Yep. I think there it has to be for me personally, I have found that the separation between my business and personal expenses and business and personal income has been revolutionary for me hmm. because my business made, made, I would say, almost like half a million, like not including contract fees, like half a million from that I got my salary and the rest of it stayed in my business. It's not my income. I'm mm -hmm. not taking it home. I'm keeping it in my business because my business needs that money to invest. Everything, there is a separation between Ivy Entertains and Mane Bailey Sarkson. Like I'm a different person and my business is a different like organization. So yes, we did make, I think Ivy did like 1.4 million maybe in revenue, I think last year. Um, and with that, we had 400-ish from that I took my salary. Yep. The rest of it stayed in my business. Yeah. To help build moving forward. Just in December, I committed $20,000 in different services. I hired a coach that I really wanted to. I am doing a whole big rebrand, which is going to require money, a lot of money. Um, and I don't want to be in a place where I am, if I made the money, I'm just going to keep it in there. Why not? And it's not just the only thing. There's like more stuff that goes into it. That's also the taxing issues that yeah. like I highly recommend everybody to go and talk to a CPA or a tax accountant, no matter what kind of business you're in. Yes. Um, but like, I realized that if I just keep my money in my bank account for my business, I don't have to pay as much taxes as I yeah okay <laughs> i i really appreciate you s being so honest about that because i think that's what people and you guys also if you're listening Mane's business she has business in multiple countries she's not just doing business in the u.s so think about that first of all also she has multiple businesses so and again what we said earlier you, if you're thinking right now, wow, she makes so much money, I could never do that. Well, is that your goal? If that's your goal, yeah, you can. But also, if that's not your goal, don't compare yourself to this that we're talking about here. I know financials of a business coach that I'm not going to name names, uh, but she is making well over seven figures with her coaching practice. Um, and she is spending at least 400000 a year in her ads alone. Oh, See, this is what I'm talking about. Shouldn't and we not have to do that? Not really. Like, it depends. I mean, you can if, run ads. I think it's great. Like, do it, whatever. But I'm, I'm like, some of my businesses will be running ads in a few months. That's like kind of like a planned thing. Um, it's easier for me to pay. And again, look at it as like a return on investment. For me, I'm investing the money. 
for the ad to do the job so that the team members that I have don't have to be multiplied in their outreach. So I'm talking about, for example, we work with live streamers. We provide different apps and platforms with live streamers that perform over there or create content or just go there and talk. So we need a lot of them and we need a lot of them constantly. We have certain targets that we want to hit with some of our clients. We need to bring like 10 to 15 people a month there, 20 to people over there and 30 people over here. So it's just a lot of recruitment process that is happening, right? So instead of me hiring two more recruiters that would go and start messaging directly one-on-one, Amanda, would you like to do this? Um, Would you like to do this? This, would you like to do this? I have an ad that is doing that job for, for me you for less of the price of that. Yep. I think that when you're starting to run ads and I have a lot of friends that are proficient in ads, I have absolutely no idea about ads, like bare minimum as much as I need to. But the way that I look at that is that if you are running ads, you have to have the systems behind it. It needs to tie into your business plan in general. And some people are very comfortable with that. Like if you're, if you have like one one point four million in revenue, but four hundred of that four hundred thousand of that goes into ads, it's still a one million dollars afterwards. So is it worth it? Absolutely, it's worth it. What it isn't worth, if that's the only way that your business can operate. So I think the progression and evolution of business going from day one, let me create an Instagram account and to day two, let me spend 400,000 in ads and have 1 million business. It's just, it's unrealistic to expect that to happen. And you wouldn't have the crucial steps to solidify your offer and to give social proof to your offer and make sure that your business can handle the traffic that is coming in. It's not just the traffic. Can you imagine if right now you had 400 people apply to work with you in a day? Yeah. Can you handle that emails? No. No. Can your operations handle that? No. Can your time handle that? No. Yeah. So putting the systems and processes and, and proven framework and proven product or a proven system, whatever it is that you're selling, having all of that in place before you start running ads. That's where the um, good part is. Yeah. Okay. But I'm telling you, you can ask me questions. I can talk like forever. I love it. Well, uh, this was probably one of my favorite conversations that we've had on this show to date. Because... And this is why I wanted to specifically have a conversation with you because I've known you for a while. We've worked together. I've seen what you're doing and people just need to know behind the scenes. Of course, we're not going to like, you know, you do not have to spill the tea on everything and tell us your all your life details. But these examples are very important to people. So thank you for sharing absolutely um how can people connect with you instagram facebook and website whatever okay so if you want to talk to me and me only (laughs) go to ask money bailey on instagram or moneybailey.com on you know whatever um if you want to reach out to any of my agencies go to ivy entertains or allen five 
Those are the two. And those are linked in your your Instagram. Those are linked in my Instagram and everything else. Yeah. Yeah. Um, If you're a woman and you are in a position, and this is like a whole thing that is coming to be a part of my business, but if you're a woman that is struggling, like a single mom struggling, you don't know where to go with this and you need really need help, please DM me. We do have a charitable component to the business that is starting in 20 days, in 16 days. Amazing. On my birthday, that we will be helping a lot of women who are either in the career or are in like trying to find an additional side gig or an income source or anything else for their business or people who have business that do not have the money to invest hiring me one-on-one. We do have some like spots per month that we will be contributing to like doing things pro bono. Um, Because what I realized while I was working on the rebrand is that, as I was telling you before, we sometimes focus on what serves us and our business and blah, 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 blah. We tend to forget what the mission is. So the mission is to help women. The mission has always been a dedication to my mom. So I want to pay it forward. Awesome. So if you need anything, please let me know. I'm always open. I'm very happy to help. Well, and we'll link that in the show notes for sure. Um, Mane, thank you for your time. This was so kick-ass. And uh, thank you guys for listening. Go rate us on Spotify, on iTunes, subscribe to the show, share it with a friend, and we will see you guys next time.